0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Thailand. Tom, Tom, where you go at night? I love Bangkok. I love Phattham. Nong Nang, who I love my I love
1: So, let me just get this shit opened up. My door is locked and everything, so I think we're okay.
0: Cool. Got to be humiliating if someone were to walk in
1: oh, well, <laughs> in the middle of my podcast. I'm doing a podcast.
0: Oh shit, bro! What's I'm podcasting
1: back? in here, bro. Do you not see? All right. Um, should I do the intro then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it.
0: Okay. Uh, well, talk about. How,
1: make sure you mention it's like a. It's like it's a, the the boys are back. It's just the two of us again. Yeah. Uh, okay. A classic. A classic uh, adventure. Bill and Ted style. So hello
0: everybody it's me bill and i'm joined by my dear friend ted, Comrade ted. and um ted we K? are riding solo <laughs> we're riding solo riding solo feeling like a star you can't stop my shine jason derulo stop today it. um it's just the two of us and we can uh, make it if we try yeah we can we can make it if we try so my Or Ted, because whatever your name is, how do you? How do you do?
1: People already think that I am like a Ted Stan. That is an issue. Yeah, because you've been posting like Unabomber memes. They are funny. I listen. Just because I I posted Unabomber memes and Princess Mononoke memes doesn't mean I'm an anarcho-primitivist. And those two
0: things do not coincide with one
1: another ideologically. Yes, they do. Have you not seen Princess Mononoke?
0: Of course I've seen Princess Mononoke, I've Basically, seen it several times. It's the same thing. No, it's the same no. thing as industrial. Embrace society. Bookchin. And... Embrace Bookchin.
1: No, I, I know, um, I know. I'm not saying that, you know, we I don't even think Princess Mononoke is a good example of, you know, like environmentalism and, and that kind of stuff. Obviously, because there are spooks. Okay, but we're getting off track here for the first very... time. So Samai so my... Yes.
0: What are we talking about today? I will tell you. Um in this episode. We're gonna try and, well, we're gonna really try and synthesize and dig into two topics, which I see as being crucial to understanding Thailand. And we've kind of referenced these a number of times, but we've never really gotten our nails under the skin and dug into them. And that's Thai anti-stateness, and perhaps more importantly, auto-colonialism, which is the interpretation of Thailand as an imperialist settler colonial state, which I think will sound a little bit weird to a lot of our listeners, particularly the Farang. But I think uh, once you kind of understand it, and if you would join me in accepting that premise, it it is a key that opens the door to a much
1: deeper understanding of the country, wouldn't you say, Samai? Uh, yeah, I agree that like these kinds of words, you know, they they carry certain meanings in in society because we mm-hmm. live in one. And when you think of you know colonialism, well, you think of uh, the British Empire. You think of um, the East Indian Trading Company, you know all these kinds of things associated with European colonialism. Uh, but you have to remember, you know, these ideas are ideas, and the, sorry, these processes are ideas, and they can be spread just like ideology. And so um, the systems they exist in other places, but they take on different formations. So colonialism uh, or imperialism as a whole, um, you know, in different levels, uh, is Another term for things like oppression, uh, genocide, mm-hmm. uh, cultural cleansing, like Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not just white boy shit. Yeah. So yeah. basically, um, so th- I basically. think you know how you know how girl bosses say that girls can do you know like capitalist shit too. Uh-huh. What we're saying is that Asians can do imperialism as well. Damn right. So <laughs> I think we need to define what settler
0: colonialism is, right? So I got the Wikipedia definition, uh, which is: settler colonialism is a form of colonialism that seeks to replace the original population of the colonized territory with a new society of settlers. As with all forms of colonialism, it is based on outside domination, typically organized or supported by an imperial authority. Does that sound about right. Uh, that is how I would understand settler colonialism, uh, I guess. And I, I, I would hope there are bells ringing in thailand already uh in that bit of your brain but um as you know we like some i was saying we should probably just mention some notable examples of settler colonial states so you got your classics your usa that tidally fits that definition you've got your australia your rhodesia if you want to be a bit more hipster with it um (laughs) there are some non-western examples uh obviously Japanese colonialism, like Japanese-controlled Taiwan is a good example, and even Taiwan today, many would argue that that's a settler colonial society. Certainly, I would argue such a thing. Um, Also, Turkey's invasion of Cyprus in the 70s, there are countless examples, right? Big one, Um, big one. Talk about the big one. Go ahead. What's your big one? The big one is the Zionist state. Um, ah, the non-existent state of Israel, which does not exist. The the, the um, democracy
1: that the only democracy that exists
0: in the I'm Middle East. one aside from Roger. Um, <laughs> uh, but what we're talking about today is autocolonialism. And Samaya, could you help yeah, us define so,
1: auto colonialism? Um, when 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 we first um, uh, when Gabriel and I first talked about the, this concept, autocolonialism colonialism for, for for an article. Uh, which we did put in Dindang uh, called um, Thai imperialism and colonization. Go read it. Go read it. Um, we were thinking about, well, what do we call this process of imperialism slash colonialism onto itself? So yeah, I googled around. I saw that auto-colonialism or auto-imperialism was like a thing that existed, apparently, um, and so we saw. It's of went... not very widely widely I, used term, is it? I, I mean, I think part of that is to do with you know th- how often it occurs, maybe, or how often people see it as this versus seeing it just as like demographic change because they don't. Well, let's connect... let's say what it is first. Anyway, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. So, um, talking about things like autocolonialism and the subaltern, uh, which is a Gramsci Gramsci idea, we'll get to him. Um, you know. In post-colonial studies, and critical theory sometimes, uh, Gramsci coins this term, which is subaltern, uh, the subaltern, and that designates the colonial populations who are socially, politically, and geographically outside the hierarchy of power of a colony um, and of the empire's homeland. So the subaltern people in Thailand uh, could be various ethnic groups that were not part of the original centralised, sort of, uh, sedentary river state, um, if you read things like James Scott and so what happens then is a bit, is is this from the central state um, uh, core, imperial core if you will, there is a movement to um, uh, take these other geographic territories around the central uh, imperial core and create um, a an identity um, alter social relations, alter economic relations in a way that reflects the central, Um, metropole, if you will. And that is what we would consider auto-colonialism. It is colonialism or colonization or imperialism that happens within the borders of a polity. So we would say within Thailand, the subaltern peoples can be considered the ethnic minorities in the hills, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so when it comes to auto-colonialism, it is the act of uh, essentially trying to homogenize, perhaps. Um, I like the word, Scott uses the word uh, capture capture that is yeah 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 yeah, yeah to, to nice capture word. these capture these populations as part of this central group yeah yeah and the, the point
0: is to make them useful to make them productive for the imperial core which in the thai context would be the central Paklang central thailand so um of, of course like for auto-colonialism there are countless examples dating back a millennia Like, you you could have forms of auto-colonialism even take place in the UK with the Anglicization of the Welsh, the Cornish, the Scottish, of course, Ireland. Um, And like I was saying, the point of all this is to create this hegemony of peoples under this central control. Um, And of course, you know, like I said, this happens... I mean, you could say this happens in almost every country in the world. So I don't want to seem like we're singling out Thailand too much here. But I think the difference with Thailand is quite important. And it is that, number one, this kind of auto-colonialism is not always necessarily settler colonialism. And in Thailand, Mm -hmm. it most certainly is. And number two, Thailand's settler auto-colonialism is still very much ongoing to this day. Whereas a lot of other places have embraced you know, pluralism and accepted or even celebrated diversity, whereas Thailand is still really pushing for this this
1: hegemony. Uh, uh, not to uh, not to uh, steal your thunder, but when you say hegemony, do you mean homogeneity? I don't think so. I think I mean hegemony, like like a hegemon type situation. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. No. No, that does make sense. But I think it does at least. Anyway, sorry, speaking of speaking of Gramsci, right? speaking of Gramsci, because you've mentioned hegemony now. Well, that's, that's that's why I said hegemony, because we're, yeah. we're doing Gramsci Cause, stuff. Because we're yeah. basically doing Gramsci stuff.
0: Um, so to start really digging into this, and we're drawing on three articles, which are all on dindang.com written by both Samai and myself. One is Thai imperialism and colonization. The other is state racism in Thailand, capitalism, China, and ultranationalism. And also, Nationalism and Anti-Statehood in Thailand. Read them all and read them many times. So those are the three articles we're kind of drawing from. Uh, I'll put links in the description. And I just wanted to cite uh, an example from the article which gives a good image of, of, of what we're trying to get out here. So I'm just going to quote right now. Um, so it reads, Far from Bangkok, in a village deep in the northern hills, sitting with a friend, she tells me, frankly, we are not Thai, and we try not to be Thai. Sometimes I find myself talking to my family in Thai, and I think, no, try to be Lisu. This friend is a member of one of Thailand's myriads of ethnic minorities, in this case, the Lisu. The Lisu people can be found spread across Thailand's northern hills, deep into northeastern Burma and southern China. They are a stateless people with their own language, culture, religion, and practices completely distinct from any of the nation states that envelop them. Down the road from us, in the Lisu village, sits the local government office. Built just 20 years ago, it marked the first formal governing presence in the lives of the local people in this community. Today, the office is covered in flags and murals dedicated to the monarchy and the national state. Those who work in the office are not locals, rather they're Thai people from the Central Valley brought in to govern the Lisu population. The same is true of the teachers in the local government schools, Thai civil servants assigned to teach the national curriculum. There's also been a concerted effort on building Buddhist temples in these more remote areas, which serve to supplement and eventually replace the animist spiritual beliefs held and practiced by the local people. So just to use the Lisu people as our kind of entryway into understanding Thai colonialism, I also want to point out that often they don't legally own the land they live on. So according to according to the Thai state, anyway, they don't legally own it. And so there are often evictions and the land is given to or sold to Thai-owned businesses, farmers, settlers, what have you. And this doesn't just happen to the Lisu, it's a common practice against lots of indigenous non-Thai groups across Thailand. So I hope that kind of What do you think, Samai? Did that paint a nice little picture of what we're talking about? A a nice
1: picture, yes. Uh, I I feel very warm and fuzzy inside when I hear about it. Well, I hope not. It's a bit depressing.
0: No, I know. Um, (laughs) So, I think we really need to examine... That's kind of the state of play today. Um, That article was written about two years ago. so Or maybe, yeah, less than that. Um, So, I think we need to learn how we got here. Um, How did we get here?
1: Well, How did 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 we we get here? Well, well, the way in which where we does it always we fucking have, start? <laughs> the way the way we understand what we have is by understanding what we didn't have, and what I'm talking about, um, obviously, is European imperialism and colonization. Now, so whether or not you want to argue um, about Thailand's status as a co- European colonized nation or not, you know that is aside. The main oh, can we is, quickly can we quickly say like. I just want to argue that a little bit. So the uh, okay, JIT thesis okay. is
0: Thailand was semi-colonial, right? Yeah, yeah. So how, how would you
1: argue that? Well, well, okay. So I, I'm still in the process, uh, and I and I mean this genuinely, of reading more about the argument for semi-coloniality. And I think part of um, if we don't if we if we bar, barring the actual like analysis, if we look at these the sources of this analysis, we have to understand. Jit, uh, Jit's analysis was very much on par with like the C.P.S. analysis. The C.P.T. had the similar, had the same analysis. The reason C.P.T. had that analysis is because they're all Maoists. What I mean, Maoists is I don't mean like they're all Gonzalo, you know, M.L.M.P.M. type situations. What I mean is that they came out of the Chinese cadres. You know, they came from China. Like they were part of the, they they, they were part of the revolution in China, um, uh, and so they. Took on the analyses of China and they brought them to Thailand. Whether or not these analyses were valid, or um, accurate, or helpful, you know that is still being thought about in my brain at least. Um, uh, however, I will so what, say what you're saying is that you know these
0: maybe these people saw everything as being kind of colonial. Um, I, in the...
1: I, 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 I'm I, yeah, something like that. But at the same time, at the same time. I do think that the same way like China was imperializing the whole Hong Kong Macau situation, uh, you know, like the um, port city settlement colony type situation. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. definitely I agree was something like Oh, occurred. for China, yeah, but talking no, about Siam no, is yeah, in i in, in, in Siam, yeah. i I think that happened. And I think that was definitely with with uh, uh, with, with, with the Bowering Treaty. That okay. that basically happened. So semi semi colonial, but not that
0: much colonial.
1: Yeah, but the point, but Yeah, yeah but the but that will translate into the, the point that uh, that needs to be brought up. Um, Go through so, it. Right, okay, so essentially, right. Um, the idea is that in order to this, okay, if we assume the the narrative, which is that the reason Thailand wasn't colonized uh, in capital C, or you know, what I mean. Um, is because of great statecraft and diplomacy then we have to sort of assume that the reason diplomacy happened was because the europeans saw sam as an equal to a lesser degree not, not not necessarily an equal but like you know what i mean they they westernized to the point where they weren't going to invade them you know similar to how japan um, went through that period of um, Westernization, uh, modernization. So they. Could I'm be I'm surprised
0: more like... you're coming from this angle because I will always took the view that. Uh, Seattle's oh, I think
1: never. I think it's yeah. bullshit. I think it's bullshit. Oh, the whole, like, <laughs> right, the whole. Okay. They did well with diplomacy <laughs> thing. But I'm saying, yeah. if we assume this angle, even from okay. this angle, um, okay. the the reasons we can sort of come to conclude is that then you, this the Thai state will have to take on a Western character right sure what is an element of the western nation state well it's this idea of a national identity now if you think about the evolution of states you have uh, you have peoples who sort of congregate in this sort of amorphous glob of identities which sort of come together as a nation the same way that like you know the palestinians are one nation they are not a nation in like they are recognized as a nation state they're a nation as in they're one group of people in, in in america in um in indigenous um americans native americans they are what we call them that's not what we call them americans call them like first nations right they're not really nations that's in the canada, same way yeah oh sorry that's in canada uh, white settler colonial states are all the same um <laughs> <laughs> white settler colonial states all look the same to me <laughs> read jay sakai uh... <laughs> Uh, the settlers with the Okay, anyway. But you know what I mean? Is that, like, they call them First Nation people, but they weren't a nation in the same way we see the nation yeah, today. So, so, so the
0: definition is... of nation was applied on Siam by yeah, the West exactly. when it was so not, it's not importation... fitting to transfer those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the importation of these European ideas meant that mm-hmm. the, the character of Thailand, of Siam, had to change basically it mm-hmm. could no longer be this saktina mandala type situation it had uh, to feudal feudal is what so, that
0: like type feudal, style feudalism is sorry, what that feudal means by and the
1: way. like vassalage and fealty <laughs> yeah. f- uh, yeah. type situation uh, it had to adopt a new uh, character mm-hmm. characteristic uh, and a, a new set of characteristics and that is you know we talk about in 1870s in the 1870s, that's when the Thai state properly came into formation. Capitalism started beginning, yada yeah. yada yada. And anyway, how uh, th- how does this relate to the auto imperialism? Well, I would say that it relates to the auto imperialism in the sense of that building of that national identity. right uh, the national identity, which we'll come to see more in the 30s at least, because we talk about mm-hmm. people in Songkram. No, no, th- 30s or was it 40s? Anyway,
0: we, we talk 30s. about
1: 30s. We talk about people in Songkram and how Thaiification and the cultural mandates really drove home this agenda of building um, the Thai national identity. And mm-hmm. I, I do not necessarily think that for the most part, the importation of central Thai ideas to the rest of Thailand, or Siam at the time, was necessarily economic. However, I will probably, you know, I, I do probably agree that um, that there were benefits, economic benefits, by getting these parts of the country to sort of basically bear the um, uh, shoulder and shoulder the burden, bear the brunt, shoulder the burden of the development of the central state. If you see what I mean, the same uh, way, the same didn't. way, the same way French Algeria funded French, Fran, like France. No, you lost me, mate. Uh, no, like so, you know. You just turn these 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 various places into like productive zones. Okay. Oh, yeah. I see what. We, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So sure. because you've now introduced the news, because these people are living in um, their equivalent of the uh, of wherever they were living in during feudal Thailand times, feudal Siamese times, right? Now you've introduced basically capitalism and na- nation states to them. They become prolet- proletarianized. Right. They're no longer like peasants and serfs. they're still peasants but now they're also the proletariat so you introduce new social relations as you expand and that kind of thing so yeah there is going to be that economic benefit to the central imperial core by spreading this um new social relation and new economic relations yada yada more esoteric stuff yeah (laughs) so i think i don't know
0: for me i would kind of like you said i I would trace this back to the concept of a european state Mm be a definition of a European state being applied onto Siam so this was a treaty of 1905 right I think is and then 1912 um, with the British and the French which basically left Siam as a buffer zone between British and French colonies and that basically defined Siam's borders without much regard to who was actually living in that border region and we're going to get into some of the groups who were living there in a moment but um then of course so then we have this definition of a of a of a state imposed on Thailand on Siam and then we have of course 1932 come along and we have people and, and eurofascism so uh, i don't know how many week in week out we have to fucking do this but you know people i'll just do the do the bullet points people fascist had a picture of mussolini did a coup took over thailand wanted to transform it into a european style fascist state was successful in doing that for some time he did the thaiification program which maybe we will go into more detail uh on this episode because i think it's very relevant yeah, yeah so the 12 core cultural mandates were imposed on on siam or had it changed its name to thailand at that point i think so oh uh, right?
1: well we had a, we had one year where it was like it changed back and then it changed okay. back after that uh, let's I, just call it thailand from now on yeah I think. we got i think we're at the um, point in history we can call it thailand
0: yeah, and so even the name change to Thailand says quite a lot because when you say Thailand, it means the land of the Thais, and the Thais are those people we described before who live in that central Paklang Central Thai river yeah. valley rice farming people. Um, so that already is quite exclusionary, right? If you say this is the land of the Thais, well, what about the massive Lao population, the Jawi Malay population? Um, all of the many people who live in the hills, those populations. It's intentionally exclusionary, and this is Eurofascism. So we've got these 12 core precepts, and Mm. I think at the time they were introduced, it was mostly just to try and codify what being Thai was and expand that. So I don't actually have any of the precepts in front of me. Do you remember what any of them were, Samai?
1: Uh oh, I I broke them all down in 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 an art, in that article. Can you pull that up? Just pull up the main ones. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So, oh yes, so, I listed all the important ones. Yes. I'm, okay. I'm a genius. Mandate 1. The country, the people, uh, the country people and nationality are to be called Thai. So, it's mm-hmm. like forget about um the whole idea of northern Thai southern Thai's Uh, Even that, when you say Northern Thai, that has a lot of implications,
0: right? Because Northern Thai people call themselves Khon Mung, not Northern Thai people. And
1: and that's the thing. And that's the thing. They wanted, he wanted people to like all associate with the the idea of Thai. However, the idea Mm. of what is Thai comes from the central Thais. So then now Mm -hmm. you get, you're trying to get this um, central identity everywhere else. And, and that, comes, um, that comes to sort of help with Mandate 3, which states that the citizens of Thailand will use the name Thai to refer to all Thai people without subdividing them. Again, mm. yeah, that's the Thaiification, that's the standardization of, of being Thai. Uh, mandate 9 is a, a long mandate, but the, the main points are um, Thai people must extol honour and respect the Thai language and must feel honoured to speak it, as well as teach... Uh, albeit in a rather condescending way and linguistically colonial way um, to tie to those who do not speak it so if you don't speak Thai well I'm going to teach you congratulations well
0: also it was illegal, made illegal to um, teach in schools other languages you weren't allowed to teach in Khamoeng or lao or jawi or something like that
1: doesn't and doesn't that i think that um sorry i can't use english that relates back to like uh our episode on 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 patini where it's um a lot of this does yeah there is there is there is one mosque not one mosque but one school one uh, islamic school um in the region Mm. and they started teaching in like malay in arabic they started jawi yeah 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 um I'm not, I'm not familiar with um, the specific linguistic groups. Uh, I apologize. It, mm. It's it's probably my, my, my central Thai bias. Um, Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mandate 10. Um, oh, sorry. Um, second part of mandate 9. Thai people must consider place of birth, residence, or regional accent as a marker of division. Sorry, must not consider these things as a marker uh-huh. of division. Thai yes, people must so forget your duty. Pasa... I was going to say, forget your Pasaratpuri
0: or your <laughs> kanchanaburi or anything like that. No, your you, you're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not allowed to have you're an out. accent.
1: All these different Italian. dialects, all these different accents, nothing, nothing. You must speak nothing. the central Thai. And I just, for
0: some of the Farang listeners, I just want to kind of point out how varied, even today, surviving Thaiification there are so many dialects slash
1: languages in thailand even in the central plains Mm, it's very 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 if you know the right person in in like the 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 wet market and 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 you 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 ask them how much and they're like saobat and like oh okay gotcha here's the 20. (laughs) that's the easy stuff mate oh you're (laughs) on you're on level one no no, i I, i'm just using it as an example for uh, our forensic. okay okay okay.
0: although i once did actually get to yeah okay go on
1: because because there there are going to be like central thai people who don't understand what that means yeah i did once
0: get to translate that for a central thai friend who came to the north and i felt like such a fucking big shot being the farang who speaks cameling and my Le- level thai one friend didn't understand.
1: <laughs> um but uh, yeah, yeah um, so anyway go ahead again mandate 10 uh, thai people should not appear at public gatherings in public places or in city limits without being appropriately dressed inappropriate dresses Inappropriate dress includes wearing only underpants, wearing no shirt, or wearing a wraparound cloth. So you know that thing—the stuff you were wearing—that part of Siamese culture up until this point in time. Yeah, you can't do that stuff anymore. Let's do suits. Why are we doing suits? Well, the Europeans—they're doing suits, and I'm liking this idea. (laughs) You know
0: what else? And also, there was a lot of this this cultural revisionism as well because, in particularly in Isan, among Lao cultures, women wouldn't wear any fabric on the top half of their bodies. And uh, now you look back at, you know, paintings in Watts and like stuff like this, and they're all covered. Um, So there was also this revisionism of history going on right down to the dress code. Um, Also, I just want to add one thing about the dress code, which is that certain clothing items were banned entirely. So for example, there was a large Vietnamese community in Nisan and uh, they weren't allowed to wear like the traditional, like black Vietnamese people describe it as pajamas quite racistly. I don't know what it's actually called, uh, but yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So that was banned. Um, so, was uh, like the Muslim style dress as well for going to the Masayid, the mosque? Uh, that was banned. So, you know, this is very. You know, these are the, the mandates. Sound, you know, not that strong, but then you realize they're backed up by the law, and you see how very fascist Absolutely. this really Absolutely. is.
1: the enforcement yeah. is is where you really see, you know, like you, you, yeah, you see you see the relationship um, to like Eurofascism in in the ideas, mm-hmm. but then when you see the implementation of these ideas, you know, well, definitely. Um, sorry, I I was going to say something, but I totally forgot what I was going to say. But yeah, there was there was this different ethnic, not ethnic. There was this different cultural push uh, to try and incorporate um, these 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 European ideas uh, to to Thailand under People's Instagram. Um, and just on the Vietnamese that I mentioned
0: earlier, yeah, I uh, just pulled the number up here. There was also a mass mandatory repatriation, so that's deportation of around forty-five thousand Vietnamese from Nakhon Phanom in nineteen sixty-nine. That was that was way forward in nineteen sixty-nine. In
1: nineteen
0: sixty-nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. This right. is during the war, right? They've they saw no the, no the, the but no, no but I mean, I, I just
1: mean like, you
0: know, think about think about how yeah. recent that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, This is uh, a population population, um, control we're going to talk about a little later. Um, Yes, of course. So, yeah, so then we've got... Okay, so we've got these cultural mandates, and even if they are not enforced today, and even if they weren't enforced for that long, they definitely retained a very important place in the Thai state. And the way... Centrotionist was defined and then expanded upon. Um, so I think I want to talk about some of these different subaltern groups that we've mentioned so far. You're the um, expert, take it away. Yeah, so this is kind of yeah my alleyway, having not lived in Bangkok very much, <laughs> which is all you need. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to quote... Okay, so first of all, sorry, uh, I want to talk about and it's even hard to come up with a name for this group. Um, I use the word kondoi, uh, you know, because I have a more northern background. Mm. Um, the Thai word is typically Chow Khao, but I don't like that. I've, I It has derogatory vibes for me, though I can't mm. prove it. Um, in English, the word is hill tribe, which is a, mm. I think is a despicable word that I hate. Um, hill people is kind of... Okay, so I'm going to use Kondoi. And what we're talking about here are the people who live in the mountainous regions, typically along the Thai border or in northern Thailand. Um, So, you know, we've got a lot of groups here. We've got Lisu, as mentioned before, Laohu, Aka, Mong. um, uh, There are a lot. Uh, Karen, of course, being a very famous one. And um, I just want to quote from the Bangkok Post here. Uh, It reads, quote, Nearly a million hill tribe peoples and forest dwellers are still treated as outsiders, criminals even. Since most live in protected forests, viewed as national security threats, hundreds of thousands of them are refused citizenship, although many are natives to the land. Mm. So, you know, and that's the reason I chose that quote is because it's from the Bangkok Post, which is a very thai publication. It's a very nationalist publication already. And, you know, even they're recognizing this. And um, it really, these, these these groups are very much... What's the right word here? Disenfranchised.
1: Oh, dis- disenfranchised. Okay, I, thought it, I, I didn't. I, I, you, you, you saying these groups are? Um, there are so many adjectives. Yeah, sure. I, I didn't know which direction um, you were going in. But yeah, they're not represented. Um, yeah, um, and that kind of thing. In, in
0: so in, I think state. like generally the Thai government uses a kind of carrot and stick approach towards mm. them, and it's usually more of the stick. Um, so you know these people, like I said, they are indigenous. Uh, they're semi-nomadic, most of them, historically anyway, so they would kind of live in an area for six months or a year and then move on. Um, And so the Thai government, you know, they don't know what to do with them. They're not productive citizens. They don't contribute to the imperial core because, in my opinion anyway, they are too free. Uh, and And this is a problem for the Thai government. So what do they do? Well... Uh, a lot of the time, they just make their lives unbearable. They make their lives a living hell. They don't let them move, or if they do move, they harass them. They they've had villages burnt down. They've had uh, they get arrested for trespassing on you know supposedly protected lands. Even if they do settle down in certain areas, like I said before, they're often evicted. Um, and generally, they're just I, they're just a nuisance like i said there is also the carrot so that's the stick approach there's also the carrot approach and that can be mostly seen through the royal project which is very very interesting to me Uh, it doesn't look malicious the Royal project i'll just say that at first so it started as a crop replacement program because a lot of these kondoi people were growing opium and the United Nations or the US, maybe we should say, didn't didn't much care for that, so they pushed this crop replacement on them. Cringe. And um, <laughs> and so yeah, the 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 royal household took the lead on this. And they, you know, these are the hills up north where it's a lot cooler. So they said, okay, here's a good opportunity to grow Farang, foreign style vegetables, which we can sell for a high price in Bangkok in the central plains. And uh, it's a good business opportunity. And okay, sure, that sounds fine, right? But what it does in reality is it makes these people dependent on the state. Because the Royal Project moves in, they say, oh, this is, you know, our land, basically. This is the royal land. We will allow you to farm on it, but you have to give, you have to, you can only sell your produce to us and we will then take that produce and sell it elsewhere for a much higher markup and as a luxury good. So what it essentially does is it it brings these condai people into the country but very much on these thai terms it's literally just to make them productive citizens right which is what we were talking about earlier
1: yeah it um, um, I, I got
0: i got i think i've got three points
1: go go for it <laughs> um i'll go i'll go in reverse of how recent they were mm-hmm. so like that idea right of oh, actually no, that they also sort have of melted together as i was what i was saying earlier basically was trying to explain that the idea of bringing these people who are not part of the state into the general state economic, you know, sort of um, mm-hmm. apparatus type situation, and what what you're doing there, what, what, what the royal Pro, uh, what the royal project did was essentially it, ha- it, it, it its characteristics are in, are similar to how um, a say a European empire um, set up set, set up a new colony. And now they're going to try and change the crops grown and change things grown that they can actually use these things to export and sell around uh, around the world yeah. um, in their various uh, imperial trade networks. You know, mm-hmm. similarly in in Thailand, um, these crops that they were growing, you yeah. know, opium, uh, they're just doing their own thing. But then now you now the state comes in and brings in, hey, how about you do these things? which are going to help us out but they're also going to also be useful for our trade you know oh yeah we'll, we'll pay you for like you know your labor and some costs and stuff like that but we're still going to make l- heaps of money yeah. off of you know not not actually just the the, the trade in goods but mm-hmm. the social the international social diplomatic capital of yes. this deed I wanted to add another
0: interesting uh, aspect of the rural project as well which is that today you know most of these rural project stations and farms are tourist attractions for central Thai people like if you're if you're from Bangkok you know what I mean because I am sure you've been to a rural project place in Chiang Mai or in May Hong Son or somewhere like that. I have not. Yeah. Strangely. Fuck off. I, I have not. You, have. you I just have don't not. remember. No, no, no. I have not, I swear. I don't believe you. The cluster have anyway, been okay. Go uh, on. Yeah, yeah. Um so essentially what they're doing is they're serving as outposts to make central Thai people feel comfortable in these further reaches of the country where there are no Thai people. They'll go there, they'll it's It'll be covered in pictures of the monarchy, in the yellow monarchy flags, and it will make Thai people feel like, yes, we own this land. This is our land. This is our Thai land. You know, even though there is no history of Thai people having ever lived there and Thai people and the indigenous people there are very much not Thai and historically have been quite hostile to Thais um
1: you got anything else on the kundoi it, it, it is almost as if the whole concept of the thai nation state doesn't really exist but they want to make themselves believe in it so much that they'll do these little outpost things to remind themselves that oh yeah wait this idea that we have we want to keep it alive and like i think you wrote that uh one of the is um sort of Anti was it anti nationhood, or so, anyway. Anti statehood. Anti yeah. Anti statehood. When you're talking about how the fl- flying the flying flags of like you know, um, the monarchy and also Thailand, like, that is that physical reminder that mm. you are part of this um, this imperial nation, or you're mm. you're part of this um, greater nation as a whole. Um, but yeah, uh, it is it is that sort of uh, reconciliation not reconciliation, but that attempt by the state apparatus to um, reconcile uh, uh, with the fact that they don't actually give themselves legitimacy by, exi- the, by virtue of existence, they don't actually exist. They have to justify themselves to the people they're trying to be in charge of by creating more constructs um, to reinforce um, belief in themselves. If if that makes sense. They create their own mandate. Exactly. So yeah. they, they have to justify... They, 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 they create their own, their own reasons for existence um, as opposed to arising from you know, an actual need. If you mm. remove this, uh, the, the mandate that they created for themselves, if you remove like uh, the premise, everything would tum- uh, cr- uh, crumble because everything is in this self um Uh, the the circular sort of logic um, that the state exists to protect this territory which belongs to the state that it protects because it belongs to the state which it it protects because Yeah. yeah that kind of thing so i
0: think another group that i that we should mention is the jawi malay in the deep south obviously we've already done a very lengthy episode on them but just to you know quickly recap it obviously there's uh we mentioned in the episode there have been population transfers of um, people who are considered to be Thai moved into those areas to try and change the demographics. There's also a big uh, program of Thai-centric education there, which is what really pisses off the locals. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's real classic settler colonialism. Also the renaming of... um, Oh, that's a big one, actually. The renaming of streets and the renaming of... uh, Areas like mm. neighborhoods and stuff like that, giving them Thai names. So that also happens in the in the north as well. Like you won't find places. In in Mei Hong Son, so Mae Hong Son is this province. Sorry to jump around, but in the north, Mae Hong Son is this province which has no history of Thainess, but Mae Hong Son that's a Thai name, and everywhere in Mae Hong Son pretty much has Thai names, despite Thai people never having lived there. It's because they've been given Thai names from Bangkok, and the same is true of the deep south. The difference with the deep south is that this Malay. Jawi Malay population are much much more hostile and uh yeah, yeah. like I said we we've we've gone over that before L- so I, I don't think we need episode. to get into you it should, too much you, yeah you just, should all listen to that episode you should all listen to that episode <laughs> um then there's Isan and I think Isan is is probably the hardest one to really justify calling subaltern in my opinion is the Isan people are definitely semi subaltern uh, what do you think Samai?
1: I understand what you mean in the sense that, like, I mean, ethnically, right? Like ethno-religiously, ethnoculturally, that kind of situation. They have a lot more relation to central ties. Yeah. Than, there's a lot of commonality. Yeah, than, you know, these other groups that you've been speaking about do. Yeah. I agree in that sense. Um, also, I think when, when we're going to get into forced population transfers and that kind of thing, you know, the mm. choice of which people... Um, the 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 imperial Corps uses to settle around demonstrates sort of how comfortable they are with this group of people if you see what i mean mm. uh, and i mean fuck it maybe we should just get into it and yeah, talk yeah. a little bit uh, about uh, the history cuz i was going to say i was going to say yeah. that there was uh, like i mentioned in the deep south episode in, in the Patani episode um they did in i believe the 60s and 70s use uh people from isan to settle areas in the provinces in the south, uh, you know, to sort of, we, we, we think, we think, to um, increase the numbers of uh, Lao Thais people basically so just Um, to be clear the isan
0: people are ethnically and culturally lao which is definitely a cousin of thai like i can i can kind of understand lao when i hear lao being spoken not really um it's definitely different um and so they were considered thai enough like saying to move them to the south and be you know change the demographics down there a little bit um, this wasn't a mass mass transfer though yeah that's, this that's
1: was uh, I, I, yeah. i've only seen like a couple one like one or two references to this so uh, again yeah. it, but um that 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 does yeah does it does show
0: it shows how the thai state sees isan as yeah um having said that if we go a bit further back to the founding of isan i think it also uh well the founding of modern isan anyway it kind of tells us a lot because you know Isan basically became what it was which is so it's this huge area in the northeast of the country almost entirely flatlands and very bad quality for farming and it was almost uninhabited because it was such poor quality land however um I don't remember which king it was it I may know. have been Mongkut. um I might have that wrong um, one of the Tai kings of the Chakri dynasty basically there was a rebellion in Laos because Laos was a protectorate of Siam and uh, so the Lao army marched down towards Bangkok and they were fought back all the way to um, Vientiane and Vientiane was completely destroyed by the Siamese army and the population were forcibly relocated to Isan to clear the land and turn it into farmland and thus become productive for, you guessed it, the Imperial Corps. So with that history in mind, I would say, yes, that is very much a subaltern definition in terms of they were forced in, like I said, they were forced into being productive for this Imperial Corps who were even if they were related culturally they they were still different groups and they still are and i think the fact that they still are and there is so much isan pride of which is very a big thing right people from isan are proud to be from isan um i think that kind of that distinction and the fact that it still remains to this day i think goes some way to classifying them as at least parts of Bolton. I I would and agree. it also yeah is a great example of thailand as a settler colonial state i mean massive forced population transfer um, land clearing and what have you um, you got anything else on isan or should i move No no, no
1: on? um I, I would agree uh, with, with with that with that okay. I, I would also i would also hasten to ask what what color was that soil um, in, in, in in isan that, what what color was that soil ดินเหรอ? いやว่าว่าดินเสียอะไรว่าดินมันมันแดงมันแดงนะดินแดง Lai. um
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know we actually got it from that song the jit pumisak song by karawan really yeah 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 because he talks about the dindeng about the blood oh uh, it's yeah. pretty epic yeah that's yeah. cool right uh, anyway bit off topic so has to be the next group the next group I want to talk about are very tiny, but very fascinating. Mm. And that's uh, Mani. And uh, I don't want to use the racist Thai word for them. <laughs> Which, fine, I'll just say it. It's not ba, But, uh, yeah, it's pretty racist. So, the Mani is what they call themselves. They are the most indigenous group to Thailand. They are Thailand's longest living residents, uh, And they are... There's only around four to five hundred of them left so you know this is not a massive group definitely not but uh they are very distinct in that uh they are not even asian as we would consider asian to be they are more closely related to the indigenous people of australia than any other ethnic groups living in thailand um So, they live in the heavily forested area in the deep south in Satun and Patalung areas. And they are hunter-gatherers, nomadic hunter-gatherers, for that matter. Uh, They live without electricity, without any trappings of modern-day life. Um, I actually spent about a week with the Mani in Satun. So, I'm here to answer questions. Samai. I I mean, this is is as. How did they get there? This is okay, hold on. Were they there from the beginning? Were they there from the beginning? Is that that's what I want to know? So they were there from the beginning. They've been there longer than than Asian people have been in Asia Yeah. Um so like this is as subaltern as you can get, really, right? Like living completely outside of the state. Like this is an Anne Prim's
1: wet dream. (laughs) That's that's callback that is. It's called a callback. Yeah. (laughs) no, but okay, so so you're saying, right. Mm-hmm. the same way that the indigenous people of Australia were there yeah and the various you know islanders around around sort of like the, between 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 Thailand and Australia right yeah they were they were also you know similar um, I, I don't want to say ethnicity but I don't want to say color at the same time you know what I mean sure um, um from a similar background yeah similar 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 background right yeah does that mean like there's something about um that area of the world um wait no i don't know what i'm trying to say like- so
0: basically asian people as we know it today as we know asian people today yeah. if you just imagine your stereotypical asian typically yeah. came from the tibetan plateau yes yeah, which is a very cold area which is why right. they look like that and you know The people like the Mani and the Samang in, I think that's how you pronounce it, in Malaysia and the Aboriginal people of Australia, they, you know, like we all did, walked out of Africa and walked all the way, you know, gradually um, over tens of thousands of years, made it to what we today call Thailand and some settled there, whereas others continued off to Australia. And because Thailand is a very hot country and a very sunny area they their appearance didn't change to look like asian people yeah, today yeah. did because the people who are today we consider to be asian lived in a very cold environment around the tibetan plateau area so
1: how did they get but how did how did the how did the um i can say this how did us yellow asians get to the tibetan <laughs> plateau oh i don't know mate because now that's the question I, right. that basically that's what i want to figure out so then, then there was like this everything.
0: migration so what we call uh, like thai people came down oh you yeah, no, know from, I, I know that i know that they came from like okay. the guangxi yeah 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 yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll, I'll, I'll get on. into it when we
1: start talking about china uh,
0: yeah. what about the mani in relation to their subalternness like
1: ah uh, uh i don't really don't really know what to ask <laughs> um what what kind of like um so, so you say the hunter-gatherer type society uh, yeah c- uh, um what sort of relationship do they have with like the Thai state in terms of actual yeah. Thai official representation? You know, like like say a government official came um, mm. to 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 where to where they were living. you know, What's mm. what's that kind of relationship like?
0: Yeah, it's very hostile. Um, uh-huh. So they the Manese classic thing is that they run. They you won't even see them. Um, you might see their camp, but they won't be there. They they were typically used as slaves. Um, Yeah, by slaving peoples would capture them. And they were just really treated like shit for a very, very long time. And so they're incredibly distrustful of us. They call us Hami, which means non-mani. So for them, you being a Thai person and me being a Farang, we're the same. Like they see us as the same thing. They mm. don't see you as a Thai; they just see mm. you as a Hami, as well as mm. me. Um, so they're very afraid of Hami, and rightly so. They should be because they've had very, very bad experiences. Um, and the Thai state has tried to force them to settle down. Uh, the group I stayed with were forced into um, sedentary accommodation, and they just they just ran away. Um, that's what they do. So it doesn't get much more sub- like subaltern than that. Um, and you know, so like I'm saying, you know, the, the the Thai state has made efforts to try and make these productive citizens um, for the imperial core, but these, you know, they don't want to be at I mean, all. Um, how many? They've how been many forced there, into schools.
1: How, what kind of what kind of um, population numbers are we talking? Uh, I already said, bro, four hundred. Like four hundred, <laughs> right. right? So I don't know if yeah. I don't know if the Thai state needs four hundred more people. The fact that they
0: even try to settle such a small population is emblematic yeah, of the culture, settler colonialism culture of the Thai state. Um, like they even got them to vote in, ele- in the last elections, which was pretty weird, That's you good. know. And um, just one, one more thing on that, which yeah. I mentioned in the article, which was when I stayed with them, I stayed there for about a week, like I said, and they always flew two flags, which they had. Uh, over their camp, and it yeah, was of the... course the Thai flag and the yellow flag with the monarchy, and it was because you know the park rangers kept fucking with them, and they wanted it to be like as a sign of good faith, like. And you know, oh, just one more thing is that you know the the many they don't have a concept of private property in their in their worldview, so they'll more. just wa- no right, so <laughs> they'll just like wander onto a plantation and just take the fruit I mean they used to do that more so nowadays they know they might get shot if they yeah. do that but um, it does make a lot of trouble for them but they're great they're really really cool people and then the last group I wanted to talk about was the Chale, um, who's that's probably a racist name I'm not sure because I I try to do research on them and there's not that much uh, the other name I saw was Moken for them and they and the even more racist name for them which Ferang use is the Sea Gypsies um, which is a extremely racist name. Um, so, yeah, obviously, again, you can kind of imagine that they live in the areas between Thailand and Burma on the open water, or they just go between fishing spots. And, again, Thai government tries to get them IDs, tries to make them useful, and they resist. And when they resist, they get the stick. Um and the same goes for the money. Actually, you know, like I said, they get the mm. stick. So actually, you know, like uh, most money that I met had been to jail before, which fucking sucks. Really? Um, damn. For, imagine being a hunter-gatherer. No, like yeah, a, no, like a, I was like, no, like no. I'm just saying, like, damn. Nomadic that's... hunter-gatherer, and then being locked in a jail cell. Like, how horrific that must be. Um,
1: to go from yeah. freedom to yeah industrial society. Um, yeah. So. Yeah.
0: So those are kind of our... That's our list of subaltern groups mm. and how they're, you know, treated by the Thai state. There's obviously a lot more and then there's also the curious case of the Chinese uh. um, who have been generally absorbed into the Imperial core. and so, my I know, well, you're the one that wrote the article
1: about it, so... Um... Yeah, so, so I, I forgot that I managed to do that, but um,
0: uh-huh.
1: so I, I'll preface this with saying, um, you know, if restrictions are okay and they're open I would say visit the labor the, the Thai labor Museum in Mak near station because uh, they've got loads of things on display um, relating to the issue the relationships between uh, Thai people who are Chinese people and the Chinese people who came down and became labor and then became um, members of the national bourgeoisie uh, so the point here is that ethnic ties, and I say that with Tai, um, the, the evidence demonstrates that they came from Guangxi, like the, the Guangxi area. Monday Sorry, Guangxi when, when 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 Samai says ethnic ties like that,
0: he's also referring to Tai. It also yeah, that's what I to said. Lao, Thai. Ah, I know, I think a lot uh, of people okay. might not know this. Yeah. Shan people, yeah. Northern Thai people, what have you. I, again, I don't particularly yeah. like these terms, Northern Thai, but um, uh, the, we, the wider we have, Thai. We have to use these group. terms
1: because you know. That's it's all that's, we got. We don't have the vocabulary got. to be we'll anti-imperialist <laughs> enough. <Yeah. laughs> Damn, we really are Maoists. Anyway, no. um, th- they came down from what we would call today like the, the Guangxi area of like modern-day China, and, Sip song and technically, that means Thai people from this from the get-go, basically Chinese, right? If, well, not Han, but yeah. Yeah, I, I know it, it's a weird thing because if the state didn't exist and the chi- Chinese state as a whole didn't exist, then they're not really Chinese. But what I mean is that um, later on in history, um, what happens is that there is another influx of uh, Chinese immigrants to, um, I would say, all of Southeast Asia. But speaking of Thailand in particular, um, you know, use, these people would be used as labor um uh corvée labor slave labor uh that one of the terms ah, that comes to mind not uh, not it's a C
0: word not sl- not exactly slave labor because you have to remember, this was under the Sakdina, the feudal oh, system. Yes. So, the Apologies. difference between the yeah, yeah. Thais were considered to be slave laborers, yeah. whereas the Chinese were considered to be free to sell their labor, whereas the Thais weren't given a choice because they had a feudal overlord. So, that's yeah. what kind of set the new Chinese uh, immigrants
1: apart from the Thai people. Apologies. Uh, yeah. So, if, um, they still had to gave them give themselves up um, it, almost like for a wage. It, it, yeah. It, it, sure. Sorry. That's what that's what I meant it. So say. Yeah. But anyway, they started there. Uh, and then all of a sudden um, over time they won capitalism. They won the game <laughs> that is the emergence of capitalism in Siam. Xi- and Okay, can I can I explain how? <laughs> I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. And what I mean by that. What I mean by that is Somehow they managed to um, not all of them, not because they're not a monolithic group, but a large enough number of them, um, because their community was fairly close knit because they all came together and they, you know, they all faced the same sort of um, uh, this, they uh, faced the same sort of relationships with um, the Thai people who were there before them together. Um, they, they they tried to help each other up as, a, as an entire community, and they managed to get to the level of, you know, like national bourgeoisie. Uh, I disagree with this narrative. Ah, oh.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, so my understanding is that because they were not slaves, like the Thai people, right. um, they had the ability to open businesses. So the era of the Sakdina, the feudal system, being abolished and the Chinese influx were very close together. So it was not that long after the Chinese influx, we're talking a generation or two, that the feudal system was abolished and Thai people were free to sell their labor as they chose, supposedly. And so basically what happened is those ethnic Chinese were given a head start on being able to establish businesses and capital and allowed them to become the bourgeoisie because they then were allowed to hire Thai laborers to work for them who had, you know, pretty much no other option than to work for their previous feudal lord. Um, So it's basically because they got this head start by a generation or two as compared to Thai people. And that really allowed... That's why like many Chinese... Um, today, in Thailand, families will have family businesses, usually quite large ones. Um, and famously, they were referred to by King Chulalongkorn, or maybe it was Monkut, I don't remember, oh, no, as the no, no, Jews of no, Asia. No. It was, um, was rama 6, uh, when was it, it? it was...
1: Oh, really? Uh, w- w- was it what, what year or what? I can't remember. Yeah, it was, oh, was Rama right. 6, Whatever. wasn't it? What, are we going to say so what basically... saying, Jews
0: of the Orient, Jews of the East? Yeah, Jews of Asia, I think was the quote, but yeah, I
1: don't know how it was translated. Oh, okay, so yeah, um, I, I will I yeah. will rescind half of my point, and I will say that mm-hmm. I was, uh, um, what I, what I what I meant was like, um, when you talk about like because they got a head start on being able to sell their labor, yeah, okay, definitely. And what I mean is, then that means as a community, right, as a group of people in, in Thai society, this Chinese group was ascendant. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't. You know, I didn't mean like there were those machinations behind closed doors, and they were all trying to like. Wait, no, that there were. That's the thing. There were uh, no, also not, like Chinese. I mean, in, Chinese... Like, in a conspiratorial, in a conspiratorial, you know, Rothschild sense, you know, I mean? No,
0: even then there is some <laughs> truth to that. Like there were Chinese business associations oh, that met. Did and... know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you read, oh, I can't remember what I definitely read it somewhere. Uh, it was in like some. Uh... Uh, it told me all about George Soros and stuff like that, <laughs> I think I read it in um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I read it. it in a legit place, I don't remember, but there were like um, Chinese, Chinese like men's clubs and stuff like that, which ended up being a place where a lot of businessmen met and what have you, so like yes, they were a very
1: tight-knit community. Do you think there were opium kind of dens in like early Ratanakwishin? Oh, there were. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were, there were a lot um, then, then that's used... pro- yeah, that kind of thing <laughs> Yeah,
0: um so, yeah, and I mean, then eventually the Chinese become this petty and first petty and then wider bourgeoisie. And now a lot of the ultra rich in Thailand, almost all of them have Chinese ancestry. Um, and also, I think their connections to China in terms of trade as well was quite helpful. And, and this is this is not just in Bangkok. It, it's more focused in Bangkok, but it's, it's across the whole country, really and um but the interesting thing was there was quite a lot of hostility towards them from the ethnic thai population but it has gradually faded away over the past century and i've heard very a couple of times i've heard some xenophobia directed towards thai chinese but very very rarely because pretty much everybody has a bit of chinese blood in them um like, I know very few people who don't have a bit of Chinese in them. Uh,
1: can can I make a point, about, on make, make a point yeah. about Chinese? Um, uh, sometimes I wish that I was more Chinese so I could get, like, money on Lunar New Year.
0: Um, yeah, that would be nice.
1: we don't do that in our, in, in our family. Like, um, uh. I mean, I'm sure we have Chinese heritage, but we're so far, like, at, at the border that yeah. we probably missed out a large amount of, you know, the second wave of Chinese immigration oh, if you see sorry I mean. bro oh yeah. what a shame i don't get that free money <laughs> um, free free red red money yeah
0: so um i kind of want to make 1.1 one one thesis which i put forward in my article which was thai nationalism as a consequence of these anti-thai groups so i kind of make the point in the article that I think one of the reasons why Thailand is so overtly nationalist in aesthetically at the very least is because you have all of these anti-Thai groups in the country and they have this aesthetic nationalism forced on them. Like I was talking about, you know, all the decorations in mm. the Lisu village of the of the monarchy and the mm. flags and what have you. And and that kind of goes on to this material analysis i want to do about the difficulty of governing back before they even had the infrastructure to reach some of these groups so historically during rainy season i'm kind of skipping over a lot of stuff here but historically during rainy season the most of the country would be near inaccessible right um oh i know you, i know what pages is from 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 the art of not being governed. from scott's book i know yeah, exactly it's what a page great, this is from. great chapter <laughs> So, like, people, yeah, this is not my idea by any (laughs) means. Um, So, like, people, like, the ruling, the rulers of the Mu'angs, which would have been, like, uh, whatever, you know, the capital of the jamwats today were the Mu'angs, the cities, weren't able to reach the peasants uh, further away to collect taxes or to administer the land and what have you. So these areas were basically left to self-govern which ended up with people having their own local governing institutions their own cultural traditions because they were separated and their own uh concept of identity which was a far more localized identity than just thai which was you know obviously what happened when phibun came so this is not just you know, esoteric kind of theory here. This is real material stuff that has led to this happening, um, that has led to this anti thai and that has led to Thailand today, now that it does have that infrastructure, going and settling those areas that it couldn't reach previously and capturing those populations on the fringes, those subaltern people on the fringes of the state, right? And then because... Really, it's the state sees not to get too anarchisty, but the state sees people as property, as a product, mm-hmm. as something that they can the something that can be useful towards the state, which is also owned by the state, because free people are not productive. So we need to capture those free people, those Chow Cao, those Chao le, those Mani, those, those whatever. And we need to put them to work for us contai in
1: the imperial core. And do you know why, Gabriel? Do you know why? Because deep down, deep down, in fascism and in, in, in ideologies that are reactionary and authoritarian, people who are not productive members of society are worthless. That
0: is like the core drive of fascism, right? Is to Presumably. get rid of worthless elements. Which is why supposedly worthless of, elements in society. All
1: of these all of these pre-existing elements of Thai society, of of, of Siamese nationhood, of, of nation-statism, right, you could say, basically predate the... Uh, they pre- Obviously, they predate people in some crown, but they fit so well with some of the things that he thought. And, I don't know, um, this is like, this is not something I, I know for sure, Like I'm not, I'm not making any claims, but I'm just thinking about what is it about uh, the development of, of 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 nation states that leads towards. Ha- Hang on, okay. Uh, Claire, are, you, this, are you are you are, is, are is you a,
0: slowly reaching after ha- after not having slept for twenty six hours? Are you reaching the conclusion that the state is an yeah. inherently fascist vehicle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> you oh. finally did it, okay, bro. Okay. Yeah. All right,
1: all right. Cut. Cut. I don't know what you want to do if you want to cut or not, but like what I wanted to say. Yes. Okay. So when you when you say you know when you say you know don't want to get all anarchisty but the the state uses mm-hmm. these people as a productive force well I mean that's because of the relationship between state and 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 the accumulation of capital so uh, for for all you MLs out there um, it's it's okay the analysis is the same we we don't think the state creates class um, we say that the state is is definitely in cahoots with capitalism and therefore yeah. treats treats people the same way capitalism treats people. Thank you very much.
0: That's pretty much it. It's and, an important uh, disclaimer that we have to say. And so do we have any uh solutions here? Or are we um, just doing some analysis?
1: Smash the state, uh <laughs> that kind of stuff.
0: I would say that it's good that uh these people are being put to work for Paklang, um <laughs> thai uh Ragnai Luang, and yeah. um yeah happy to be here man
1: happy i I, 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 lo- I love thailand thailand's my I, i'm a, i'm a proud patriot um yeah. uh like, like we like we had in that episode uh, let's let's stand for the national anthem uh, i man. think i'm gonna go
0: and be a, a state school teacher in Pathani and teach history there
1: yeah uh, did i tell you that story um oh no this is this is unrelated but yeah yeah um the, 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 the whole... Um, to sort of give it a bit of a concluding point instead of my rambling, mm-hmm. right? I think that fundamentally there are a lot of different factors which you, know, you couldn't really control which have created the Thai state as this deeply reactionary um, sort of entity, this polity which manifests itself in nationalism and conservatism Uh, traditionalism capitalism and all that kind of thing and settler colonialism settler colonialism precisely and I think that to make a relevant point it is stupid stupidity of um, Chula liberals and when I say Chula liberals I'm not saying that people who go to Chula or work at Chula are liberals what I mean is um, that kind of We know what you mean by Chula liberals okay Chula liberals um, they can't say to me with a straight face that what Thailand needs is fucking liberal democracy.
0: Are you are you are you shooting shots at our new favourite listener Pierre By the because way, because we, we see you Pierre We yes, know. He, yeah. I, I hope you listen to the English
1: episodes, man. I, yeah. I, 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 um, Eugenie, if you're there, um, I love you. But Francais? <laughs> I don't speak French at all. But no. Your 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 uh, your paper your paper on the constitution, uh, the 1932 constitutions and the cha- the alterations. That's my favorite thing. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Wow, I'm I'm really fangirling. Um, my point is that these issues that that exist in Thai society, right? The 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 the, the fundamental premises of these ideas relate to the fundamental premises of liberal democracy. How can something that is related to the problem um, be its solution, uh, not in the whole like unity of opposites relationship, but in the whole related to each other, as in they came from each other. So all mm. I'm saying, all I'm saying, is if you want to rectify this kind of um, auto imperialism, not that you can ever take back any of the oppression, any of the exploitation, mm. any of the pain and hurt, mm. you can at least try and move towards a, 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 a sort of a system of governance, right, that is humane. That is um, sustainable, uh, and that is. That just provides some kind of fucking dignity, dude. Exactly, that's, exactly. That's it. It's there's nothing. There's no one. No one. We're not talking about like building a grand utopia. We just want to be able to live and to have other people live in a way where they are not, you know, in fear of their lives for just doing what they want to do. Um, and I think just to like so read out the and the Fountainhead. head.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just yeah, sorry, and just you're on that note, I just want to say, like, leave these groups alone. Absolutely. Like, unless you're invited, just leave yeah. them alone. Yeah. That's uh, where I'm
1: at. And if you're gonna do one of those things where you're gonna be a tourist and you're gonna go to one of these uh, places don't. in the north, uh, just don't. don't don't go to those places. Just, don't. just um, fuck off. That supports the state and its tourist Fuck off. Industry. Back to your own country. That's what <laughs> D- I got to say. Listen, if, about if that, you mate. like Europe so much, why the fuck don't you stay there on holiday? <laughs> Why? Why do you come to fucking Thailand on holiday? What is wrong with you? you, you okay. Awful That's, people. Awful. All right,
0: let's call it a day. Yeah. Um, Samai, so it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, this so has been our, a
1: bumper edition, almost. Uh our
0: dear, our dear listeners, it's been an absolute joy to have you. I hope uh, you feel the same way. Uh, see you next time. <laughs> see you next time.